You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. It's great to be back in the house of God. Amen. And I love worshiping Jesus. I love the fact that we are set free because of his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. Amen. And that's why we're here. And last week we talked about one of the weights that we carry around a lot in life. And that was unforgiveness and how we let this unforgiveness build up within us. And then it turns into resentment. And then it turns into some type of bitterness and Man, it's just a, it's a weight that holds us down from fulfilling our purpose in Christ. And this week, we're going to continue on in this series. And I'm going to give you a second thing that we often allow to weigh us down. And that is the word, one single word, comparison. Comparison. I don't know how many of you have ever compared yourself or your life or something that you have to someone else. But I, myself, am guilty of doing this. This is something that I, I struggle with on occasion. And I want to be very vulnerable and transparent with you this morning because this is something that is real. It's something that we do. And we live in a world where it's very easy to compare our life with someone else's. Man, we have social media everywhere. Maybe someone's on their third vacation, right? And they're taking the the woman's taking a picture of her book her feet and the pool have y'all seen those pictures i don't know why they do that feet are ugly it doesn't matter how how you try to do it everyone hates your feet they probably hate the book and they really hate the pool it's your third vacation and they can't even go to grandma's house i mean we're just comparing ourselves all the time and it's so easy to do this maybe your friends they have a date night once a week and they have a babysitter and it's some kind of candlelit dinner with lobster. And man, you're at home, your husband's eating frozen dinners, playing video games, and you don't even like your kids. Like there's, we're always comparing. We're always comparing. And it's so easy to do that. Let me say this and write this down. The fastest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. The fastest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. God has something special for you. But as soon as you start comparing that something special to something else, it kills that. Because you start seeing what everyone else is doing. And Paul, he actually talked about this. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 Verse 12 says this, Oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. But they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. And then he says this, How ignorant. How ignorant it is to compare yourself with another human being. We're not measured on the standard of humanity because we all fall short. We're measured on the standard of Jesus. But what do we do? We compare our behind the scenes with someone else's highlight reels. 
Because what they put on social media is the highlight reels. They're not putting the behind the scenes on social media. I promise you, I'm not putting my behind the scenes on social media because I would lose all followers. I would get no likes. I might get a lot of shares just so people can laugh. But listen, people put their highlight reels out for the world to see, and we're comparing our real life, our behind the scenes, with their highlight reels. And comparison does two things. It does two things. It makes you either feel better than or less than, and neither honors God. Let me break this down a little bit. If you compare yourself constantly to someone else, man, they have a job that pays more money. They have a newer car. They have a bigger house. Their relationship seems perfect. Then we begin to feel inferior. We begin to feel less than. And that doesn't honor God. And on the flip side, maybe we're the ones with the nicer car or the bigger house. And we can easily begin to think, man, I work hard for what I have. I deserve what I have. I'm better than this person because I work harder than this person. And then we begin to feel superior, better than someone. And that also doesn't honor God. So comparison It either makes us feel less than or greater than, and neither of those honor God. And Andy Stanley, the pastor at North Point in Alpharetta, he he preached a message about this, and he called it the curse of Ur, E-R. He said everybody's looking for Ur. They either want to be rich, Ur, happy, Ur, stronger. And for me, that's, that's just not even far enough for me. Because I have a curse of est. I want to be the greatest, the strongest, the fastest, the richest. And if we're honest with ourselves, that's, that's how our mindset oftentimes goes. That we really want to be better than someone else. C.S. Lewis said, but that's just, that's just uh, it's something that you can't really obtain. Because what you're doing is you're comparing yourself to someone who doesn't have or who has more. But if everybody had the same amount, then you wouldn't really want that anymore. So we're really comparing ourselves with other human beings based on what they have and what God has given them or what God has called them to. And then we lose focus of our purpose and what God has called us to do. We see this with the disciples, and we've read this before, but I want to bring this back up in a really different context. So here's, here's the backstory. Jesus was just crucified. It's Sunday morning. Mary goes to the tomb, and Jesus is gone, right? So I want to pick up here. What I want you to see is that this is between John and Peter. And John and Peter, I don't really think they disliked each other, but Man, my opinion is they had some kind of competition with each other. Always who was going to be first or who was going to be closest to Jesus. And John, to me, was probably annoying. And I'm going to tell you why he was probably annoying. Because he referred to himself in his gospel in the third person. And anybody who refers to themselves in the third person is annoying. And if that's you, I want to be, you're annoying. God loves you. But if you refer to yourself in the third person, you're annoying. And you need the power of Jesus to change your life. 
But in John chapter 20, starting in verse 2, it says this, So she, Mary, came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, John. And this is how he, not only does he refer to himself in third person, this is how he does it. The one Jesus loved. Not only am I going to refer to myself in the third person, I'm going to say I'm the one that Jesus loved. It's me. It's not you, Peter, or whoever else is me. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple, John, started running for the tomb. Verse 4. Both were running, but the other disciple, John, outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Verse 6. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. And verse 8, finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. In this passage of Scripture, we have John letting you know that Jesus is risen and I beat Peter to the tomb three times. He says, I outran Peter. Peter was behind me. And then I was first to the tomb. Three times, John says, hey, Jesus is risen, but I want you to know, I beat Peter to the tomb. Man, he was comparing himself. Can you just imagine, they're just standing there kind of talking, and and Mary shows up and says, hey, the tomb's empty. And they kind of look at each other, and they're like, oh, the tomb's empty? All right, awesome. And then they're just gone. And John outruns Peter to the tomb. And then we see how this comparison continues on a little bit in John chapter 21. But I want you to know something before we get there. We can never, we can never fully follow Jesus if we are always comparing ourselves to other people. We can never be who Jesus has fully called us to be if we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people people. Here's the problem, is that we're oftentimes looking for some external win to fulfill some internal longing. Man, we all have a longing, and it's a spiritual longing. It's a longing that only the God who created you can fill. But what we do is we try to experience some external win. We try to get some accomplishment or make more money or have this perfect relationship or do this or do that to feel something that only Jesus can feel. John chapter 21 and verse 20, we see something that's very profound, is very powerful in scripture. And I want you to know a little bit about Peter first, but Peter was really bold follower of Jesus. I mean, he was so bold that he told Jesus, hey, all these other guys may, they may deny you. They may turn their back on you, but I will never, ever deny you. I mean, he went so far as to imply that, man, these guys probably will, but I'm not going to do it. And then we see that when Jesus was arrested, this little girl comes up to Peter and says, hey, aren't you one of his followers? And he says, I don't even know who you're speaking of. And he denies him three times and and we're told in Scripture that Jesus saw one of these times and Peter was crushed. He was embarrassed. He was just denied who he believed to be the Savior of the world, the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. And he was crushed. 
And after Jesus was killed, they, they go fishing. The disciples, they, they go do what they know best, and that's to, to go fish. And they're not really catching any fish, and someone walks out, and it's Jesus. They don't really know that at first, and he says, hey, throw your nets on the other side. They do. And then John, again, being John, says, hey, I recognized it was Jesus. Before anybody else, I recognized it was Jesus. Peter puts on his, his clothes, and he jumps into the water, and he swims to shore. And John's like, why'd you swim, man? We're in a boat. Like, we could have got there at the same time. It's just kind of, I don't know, you're crazy. I don't know what you're doing. They have breakfast, and then that brings us here. And Jesus says this. He says, hey, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, of course, you know I love you. Jesus says, well, feed my sheep. Jesus asks him again, do you love me? And Peter says, you know that I love you. Jesus says, feed my sheep. Jesus asks a third time. He changes the word love. This third time it says, do you agape me? A deep, deep, intimate, sacrificial love. Peter says, you know that I love you. And Jesus says, feed my sheep. And then in verse 20, Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved. Who would be John? The one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Verse 21. Listen to verse 21. Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? So Peter just got a, a direction from Jesus. He just got direction from Jesus to feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. Well, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. Then feed my sheep. And what does Peter do? He begins to look. He sees John behind him and say, hey, what about John? What do you want John to do? And Jesus' answer is what we need to hear today. This is the answer we need to hear. John 21 verse 22 says this. Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. He says, hey, why do you care about my, my direction to John? Why do you care about that? Why are you looking behind you? Why are you looking beside you? My direction and my command to you is follow me. Stop worrying about other people because you have a purpose. And your purpose isn't their purpose. You have your own race to, to run. You have your own lane to stay in. Stay in your lane. Run your race. You can't win someone else's race. But you can run your race, and you can run it well. We have to stop comparing ourselves to others. Here's a question that I want you to answer this morning. Who or what is going to define your worth? Who or what is going to define your worth? And if your answer is anything other than Jesus, you will never fulfill the calling that God has for your life. If you're finding worth and value in anything besides Jesus, then you will never fulfill the calling and the purpose that God has for your life. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says this, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for who? For us fixing our eyes on Jesus, 
the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. You have a race marked out for you. I have a race marked out for me. And I want you to understand this morning that you can't run my race and I can't run your race. And when we stop comparing, when you have wins in your race, guess what I get to do? I get to celebrate with you your wins because I'm not competing against you. You're running your race in your lane and I'm running my race in my lane. But I want to be even more transparent to you than, than that. Because again, this is something that, man, I, I struggle with. Because I have pastor friends who, guess what? They don't have to set up and tear down every week at church. I have pastor friends who don't have to go to a job Monday through Friday outside of ministry. I have pastor friends who are in different places and they have a lot more people and they, they have more influence online and they get more followers and they get more shares and they get more likes. And then I'm, I'm just looking like, man, what, what am I doing wrong? And I have to stay focused on what God's called me to do because guess what? He hasn't called me to run their race. He's called me to run my race. And let me tell you what a win is for me in my race. Three things. Three things is to live an integrity-infused life. To lead this church and leadership development. Those are the three things. Those are the three, the three wins. Those are, that's my race. It's not to have a, a great online presence. If that happens, the, great. But that's not what God's called me to. God's called me to an integrity-infused life, to be faithful to my family, to be faithful to my church, to be an honest man, a man of my word, so that when people hear me, they can see Jesus inside of me. That's a win for me. That's a win on my race. Leading this church. Guess what? This church never has to have a building. God has called me to lead this church. I never have to be full-time at this church. God has still called me to lead this church. And I'm going to continue to do so until he calls me to do something else. And leadership development. And this is, this is something that I really struggled with because pastors are supposed to pastor, right? Pastors are supposed to pastor churches, not build leaders. That's for someone else to do. But God has called me to do that. So I want to continue to invest in leaders so that they can stand on my shoulders and they can do greater things than I ever could imagine. That's a win for me. That's my race. That's my lane. And I'm running, fixing my eyes on Jesus. Because what happens when, you, when you're running, and if you ever ran track, you know this, and I know if you look at me today, you probably don't think I ever ran track. I did run track at one time. It was a long time ago, and it was like the mile. It wasn't really anything. Yeah, so, but here's the thing. This is what they teach you. Don't look around. You keep your eyes focused on the finish line. You focus on the prize. Because as soon as you start looking at the other runners, you slow down. You get out of your lane. You start to run a race that you didn't train to run. 
Our job is to focus our eyes on Jesus. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 26 says this. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So what? Run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. And listen to how verse 26 starts. So I run with purpose in every step. Every step I take, every step I take has got purpose. Every step you take has to have purpose. You run it with purpose. You take steps with purpose. Stop worrying about other people's race. You can't win their race. They can't win yours. Man, this is so important. Because what do we do? We see other people's life. We see other people's highlight reels and we compare it to our behind the scenes. We see where we, we love our house, right? We love it. We've been here a while. We've, we've built a home here. We love our house. And then, man, one of our friends gets this nice new fancy house and it gets designed with some Joanna Gaines farmhouse junk that costs a lot of money. And we're looking at it and we're like, man, I don't really like my house anymore. I want some Joanna Gaines farmhouse stuff. This stuff looks awesome. My house, it stinks. This isn't a good house anymore. So something we did love because we made memories and we built a family we no longer love it because we compared it to something else. We have flat paint on the wall. They have ship lap. And I had to say it that way so I wouldn't mispronounce it. Ship lap. Sounds like something you step in. But here's the deal. We can't compare what God has called us to do with someone else because we have our own race to run. We have our own race to run and maybe you don't make the most money out of your friends, but you have a nice house that people feel protected in. You're raising a family in. Maybe you don't have the best job out of all your friends, but guess what? You've never missed a kid event. You've never missed a ball game. You've never missed a cheer competition. You've never missed anything. And that's a win for you. A win for you doesn't look the same as a win for me, and that's okay. Because you have your own race to run. You have your own lane to stay in. But we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. And we have to step with purpose. Every step with purpose. So the question, who or what is going to define your worth? Are you going to allow a world who cares nothing about you to define how valuable you are? Are you going to allow the one who created you to be in relationship with him? the one who sent his son to die for you, to be in relationship with him, the one who bestows upon you grace and mercy and forgiveness and a love that we can never even imagine.
If your answer is anything but Jesus, you'll never fulfill You'll never fulfill the purpose and the calling that God has for you. And I can't tell you how important this is to walk in your calling. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish up really quick with, a, again, just a quick story. And, and I, I wasn't going to include this, but man, some stuff happened last night. And I just want to let you know some of the stuff that happened and when my mind can start just comparing so, obviously, we're a mobile church. Amen? So, we have to set up, we have to tear down. It's just what we have to do. But guess what? Even though we're a mobile church, we've seen about 10 salvations since we've launched. And we're going to see more baptisms today. And I talk to people all the time who have taken steps. They've taken their next steps of faith. And they're growing in God's love. And, man, they're showing God's love to the world. But it doesn't change the fact that we have to set up and we have to tear down. We're a mobile church. So when we do baptism, man, it takes a lot of work. This is a, an inflatable spa. And I bet there's churches that around here, they don't have a spa. Amen. So if they want to compare, let them. We got a spa at Impact. So Friday night, we inflated this spa. Everything was great. Last night, we came back up here to fill this spa up with water. We stretched out hose after hose after hose. And we got water pressure that was like droplets of water. Said, all right, this might take a little longer than we expected. We're just going to enjoy each other's company. And we did that until it was full and there was a leak. A constant leak. And we were like, yeah, well, that's not good. Water everywhere. We cleaned it up. But we couldn't fix the leak. And man, we tried everything. We thought about everything. What can we do without having to take this water out? We do not want to sit up here for this, this thing to fill up again. What can we do? Well, nothing. There was nothing we could do. We had to get the water out. We had to move this thing because there was water all underneath it. So we had to dry that up. So we came up here about 6.40. Thinking we'd be home by 8 o'clock. I don't even think it was full by 8 o'clock for one. But man, it was after 10 before we left. And we had to use some five-gallon buckets, some trash cans. Don't ask me what all we did. It's, it's in perfect condition right now. We fixed the leak. Because there was a missing gasket. Realized that we put a gasket in and now the leak's fixed. But let me tell you what can go through my head when this stuff is happening. Right? Hey, some of my pastor friends, they don't have to do this. They, they have a bab baptistry that they can fill up at any time. They don't have to blow up a spa. They don't have to put water in it. It's not a big deal for them to, to do a baptism service. And my mind can go there and I can start comparing. Man, you know how easy it would be for me to just find a church that's, that's already established. I can go and, man, I can be a pastor there. and Things are set up. I don't have to do this stuff. But God says, hey, that's not your race. This is your race. And you have a race. Every single one of you have a race to run. 
Stop looking behind you. Stop looking to your side. It doesn't matter what they're doing. It matters what God's called you to do and that your eyes are fixed on Him. And that every step you take is a step of purpose. Every step you take is a step straight to the heart of God. Man, my heart for you and my prayer for you is that you stop comparing yourself to other people. You're created to be who God created you to be. And I know how important this is, and I know how hard this is because it's something that, man, we struggle with, and it, social media makes it even worse. But I want each and every one of you to fulfill the purpose that God has called you to live out. What are you letting define your worth and your value? Is it the, the things of the world? Is it other people? Or is it Jesus? And my prayer is that we can answer Jesus. I want everyone just to close Close your eyes, bow your heads for me. If you, can, if you can honestly admit this morning, you know what? I have a problem with comparing myself to other people. I have a problem comparing my life to other people's life. And I'm the first one to raise my hand for this. But if that's you this morning, will you just raise your hand? Just all over this place, raise your hand if you compare yourself to other people. God, I pray for each person in this room who says, I, I struggle with this. I get trapped in this, this idea and this mindset of comparison. God, and I pray that today is a day where we begin to overcome that, where we begin to live in freedom from comparison, where we, we stop allowing comparison to weigh us down and to become baggage in our life. God, I pray that we take every step of our race, in our lane, with purpose, with our eyes fixed and focused on you. Still with no one looking around, maybe you're sitting in this place and you you compare when it comes to salvation. Maybe you say, hey, I, you know what? I'm not that bad. I've never murdered anyone. I've never really done anything that bad. So you don't really think you need a relationship with Jesus. Or maybe you're the opposite. And you think that you've just been way too bad and God will never love you. The bad news is, it doesn't matter what you've done, good or bad. We all fall short and none of us are righteous. So we all need Jesus. The good news is, Jesus loves you. And he died for you. And he wants a relationship with you. And we don't compare ourselves to others. We compare ourselves to Jesus. And when we do that, we realize without Him, we'll never be enough. So maybe this morning in this place, you, you need to make the decision for the very first time to begin a relationship with Him. We're about to celebrate four kids who made the decision to follow Jesus. And maybe today's the day for you to make that decision. So if you're in this place, and today is the day that you need to, to begin to follow Jesus. I want you to just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. Thank you. Anybody else? 
God, I pray that for the people in this room that need to make the decision to follow after you, God, I pray that they don't leave this place without knowing and being confident that they're now following Jesus. And that all of heaven is celebrating. If you raise your hand about salvation, just in your, in your mind, in your heart, just repeat this prayer after me. God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you've done everything necessary for my salvation by living a perfect life, by taking my punishment on the cross, by defeating death. God, and I commit my life to follow you wherever you lead. I want to be a follower of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, I love you guys. What we're going to do now is we're just going to jump straight into our baptism celebration. And what we do here at Impact, and I want you to be very aware of this, is that we celebrate baptism. We celebrate life change. What we want you to understand is that baptism doesn't save anyone. Baptism doesn't mean you get to go to heaven. Baptism is simply you declaring that you've decided to follow Jesus. And it's symbolic of your old life washing away. And when you're raised up, you have a new life in Jesus. The water doesn't do that. It just symbolizes what's already been done in your life when you began a relationship with Jesus. So I'm just going to ask all four of you to come on down. Elena's going to help. And Elena's our kids coordinator. And these are all her kids. These are her kids in Impact Kids Ministry. And if you don't think that our kids are being invested into, I want you to look at this. And I want you to know that we invest in the next generation. I want you to know that we care about the next generation. That we want them to know God's love and grow in God's love and show God's love to the world. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.